Hello, leaders, and welcome to Connections, the podcast. I'm your host, Kelly Jordan, and I'm here today with my very special guest, Sherry Crandall. Hello, Sherry. Hey, Kelly. So good to be with you today. How are you? I am good. Now, Sherry is also one of the hosts of our podcast, and so we um, get to do podcasts separately a lot. So this is fun for us to get to do it together. Yes. I love um, when you and I get to have conversations and honestly, Connections, the podcast has been um, just so fun to do. And I'm so happy to hear from leaders that they really love this as like a tool in their toolbox. So um, I'm looking forward to our conversation today. Well, thank you. And since you brought it up, we'll turn this into just a little commercial for Connections, the podcast (laughs) here at the top of this episode. You know, we have things that are for leaders, no matter what you lead, whether you lead a Mops group or you lead something else. And then we have some of our episodes are very specific for the person who's leading a Mops group, because our goal, our desire, our whole job is to make sure that Mops leaders have what they need to lead well. And so that is our purpose. So if you are new to the podcast, welcome. We are glad that you're here. Be sure you go back and look at some of our previous episodes and Uh, We will hopefully give you something to laugh about and maybe inspire you to build some of your leadership skills. So we're glad that you're here. Absolutely. Well, every year at MOPS, we have a theme and I love a good theme. And (laughs) this year, our theme is We Go Together, Yes. which is a lot of fun. And I always have the song from the 70s musical that starts in my head just as soon as I say it. But it's a lot of fun. But every year alongside that main theme for moms, we develop a leadership theme that goes with it. And we do it so that we can help focus leaders on the things that are the most important for moms to hear and understand that year. So this year, our leadership theme is Together We Can. So Sherry, could you tell us a little bit about that theme and where it came from and why you and I love it so much. Yeah, first of all, I I sing. I love this year's theme so much. We go together and I think, you know, our world tends to right now, um, and it has for a couple years been very divided on things. And to have a theme that the entire world of Mops Mamas is focusing on, we go together, just feels amazing to me. And when we started to think about, like, what would our theme for leaders be, it just naturally started coming together that if we are doing things together, think of how much more we can do when we do them together. And so uh, one morning, which is, you know, not a coincidence, I always feel like God puts things in your life or or something for you to read. I was just reading through my Bible, and I, I have this old study Bible that's very worn out and I was flipping through it and I just started reading these one another statements. And um, I think we're gonna go over several of them together Mm -hmm. in a few minutes, but it was things like love one another, serve one another, forgive one another. And I did a little more research and then I called you and, and we were looking into it like this whole one another theme is mentioned about 100 times, but 59 of them are like, direct commands, like love one another. So these aren't things that were just sort of like, it's sort of a good idea if you do this. No, God is telling us this is what I want you to do. So as we were really 
thinking about this new theme, we go together and thinking about these commands of really what God is asking us to do for one another. It made me start to think, and then our conversation kind of pulled all of this out, that if we did these things together, together, we can do so much more than what we could do by ourselves. Mm-hmm. And what a great leadership experience to have this togetherness and to have things that you're fighting for, you're working for, you're praying for together. And it just really felt like, yes, this was it. And how uh, we solidified that as this is what we wanted to do. We uh, go together and then together we can do. And it's going to be amazing to see and hear all the stories of what that togetherness brings this year. Yeah, I'm really excited about it. And as we were looking through scripture, we see that there is this single Greek word that is translated into our two word phrase, one another. And I am not going to say it well. So if you know Greek, I apologize. But it is, (laughs) it is a lay loan. And it is used to describe people in a relationship with each other. So these are very specific to people in a relationship with each other. So throughout scripture, we see followers of Jesus living and working together. And many of these people had nothing else in common other than the fact that they had been called to follow Jesus. And when we take a closer look at some of the one another commands, Uh, It helps us see how God wants us to live in community. And the one another statements in scripture pay particular attention to believers in relationship with each other. So it's how are we going to relate to someone else who also follows Jesus? But then as followers of Jesus, we're called to think differently about every aspect of the world from creation to the family, to the local church and out into the world. So every human being regardless of age, race, economic class, physical or mental ability, is made in the image of God. And that's how we're supposed to look at one another. And we have a responsibility to relate to all people, whether they're believers or non-believers, as those who bear the image and are worthy of that dignity and respect that we give to someone who is created by God. So, um, These commands are not about earning salvation. Treating other people well is not how you earn salvation, but it is a way that those of us who follow Jesus can show that we follow Jesus. So we're going to look at a few of these alelon statements to see what scripture says. But then we're also going to consider how focusing on them will build better teams and then build stronger groups. So let's do the first one. Okay, uh, before we do, I just okay. want to, you touched on something that I think I, I want people to pause and just think about this for just a second. When you said, if we treated each other as if the truth that we are created in the image of God, and I think that is so much easier said than done, uh, because you can love that person, you can know that they're created in the image of God, and they still can annoy the heck out of you. So let's just set that tone. Oh, yes. Like, okay, this is not us coming at it like, oh, just do these things and your leadership team will be perfect and amazing. We understand that we're human and that we can recognize all those things and then still be annoyed. And I, I think that that is um, 
normal mm-hmm. and okay to a to a point, but also know that we're actually trying to call us all to a higher level this year in our interactions and our togetherness. So right. I think it's very much what you do with the annoyance yes. is is where your leadership shows maturity or not. Correct. You know, what do you do with the annoyance? Or even, you know, if you're offended by something, what do you do with that? That's that's where people can see whether you're a follower of Jesus or not, because everybody gets annoyed. It's what do you do with it? Yes. How do you react to it? And that honestly can make or break a leadership team. It can. It can. And that's why I I just was so excited to do this podcast today, because I know that we have leaders out there. We hear it all the time, right? We're the front line of hearing, sometimes hearing the annoyances and um, just trying to lead people well through that. So this is this is exciting. This is really good stuff. Mm-hmm. OK, let's start with the first one then. OK, um, we're start with the most basic, and that is love one another. Uh, let me give you a couple of verses where it talks about this. John 13, 34 says a new command I give you love one another as I have loved you. So you must love one another said one another a whole bunch in that sentence. Yes. And then there's first John 4, 12. No one has ever seen God. But if we love one another, God lives in us and his love is made complete in us. And that's just a couple of them. Uh, there are a lot of love one another statements in scripture. So Sherry, what do you think about this one? Well, I think it's super important. As a matter of fact, um, I'm going to be doing a a talk at MomCon about uh, loving people. And I think that if you as a leader love people well, you then can lead well. You can't just lead and sort of be a bit of a tyrant or a bit of, you know, that's my way because I'm the leader, but you have to love people well. That's really important to me um, as I lead in my family, as I lead at MOPS, that people know that I love them. And I think people will go along with you, will um, want to be part of your team if they feel valued and loved. And how you feel valued is by being loved. And so um, I actually have this notebook that I've kept for years and um, it was just a challenge to me to love my staff well, to love the people that I lead well. And the title of it was, um, I made a title on this notebook and it was um, love others well and in parentheses, not just the people you like. <laughs> and um, and I keep that and I keep some quotes in there and I keep some scripture in there and it's just some good reminders. And I also have written down ways that I have felt loved uh, by people on my team. And uh, it's just a good thing for when you start to feel stale or like, what am I doing? Why am I even doing this? It just, for me, it boils down to love. And we were so lavishly loved by God, like lavishly loved by God, um, that it's really out of that that we get to love other people. And um, so it's really important to me to show people that I love them. So well, I, I think it. I think it's really the foundation for all of the other one it another is. statements that we're going to look at. It is. Because that is that is where we start. That's where Jesus started. And so if we don't have that as the foundation, the others are really hard to do. I would agree. And as a matter of fact, I would almost say they're impossible, um, especially as we get into the harder ones, you know, like forgiving and honoring mm-hmm. and all those other things 
is impossible to do if you don't love someone in the name of Jesus. Mm-hmm. Well, how would you say that loving one another plays out practically on a team? What does it look like if you, uh, you can say I'm a really loving person, and but I want love to be what I lead with. So what does that look like practically on a leadership team? Well, I think it's really important for us to know that um, loving other people is honoring the fact that we all come, like we each when we're getting ready to go to our leadership meeting, let's say for MOPS, and we get in the car and we leave our house, but we don't just leave who we are and all the things that's part of our life at the house. We bring all of that with us. And if we're really honest with ourselves and about other people, not everything is lovely. Like everything yeah. about me is not lovely, you know, as much as you're like, oh, I'd hope I could be a lovely person, but not everything about me is lovely. And I bring that with me to other things. So how do we do that practically? I think we remember that that you take the good with the bad and that somebody's characteristic that maybe you're struggling with, um, love can trump that if we're looking at it because God has called us to love. So just having that mindset from the get-go, when you enter the room, how best are you going to show up in love? So for me, it can't all be about the work because we all have a lot of work to do, right? Right. But if I show no interest in you as an individual, if I don't care about what's going on in your life outside of your MOPS duties, then how in the world can you feel loved and valued? If all I asked of you was, did you finish this deadline? Is this ready to go? Is Have you done this for the meeting? Are we ready? Um, you would just feel like you're acting out like a robot instead of acting as a person. But if I stopped and said, hey, I know you were really struggling this last time we talked. How was it going? Or if I said, hey, you know, how was your time with your kids? I know you're celebrating a birthday this week. Genuinely know the people that you're working with. And I think that that helps because it just creates what we like to call relationship equity. And love is the foundation of that. That's a good one. Yeah, that's great. Uh, I do think that one of the things we can do as leaders is people notice if you're faking it. I mean, they know if you're faking it. It's And you can fake loving somebody for a while, but it gets exhausting and nobody's really very good at it. So if this is something that you struggle with, I think it starts at home in your own time with God where you say, make me loving, show me ways to love other people, because it really is a change that has to happen in your heart. And once it happens in your heart, then it pours out into your parenting and your marriage and your friendships and your leadership. I had a girl on my staff years ago, and she said to me one day, I really don't like people. And I was like, oh, well, (laughs) that could be a problem. (laughs) And um, I said, you know, I understand, and she had 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 some pretty tough things happen in her past. And so that, when I got to understand her story, that statement of, I don't like people was really, I don't trust people. Mm. I want to like people, but I don't really trust people with my heart. So she would be very surface. And so we had this great conversation one day in the lunchroom, and I just said, you know, I know you don't 
like, but you're also called to love. So can we start with loving people? And I think you can love people without liking them. Now that's, that might sound a little strange, but I do. I think that you can love people because God calls us to do that, even if you don't necessarily like them. And what a great testimony. So when she started to operate out of that, um, and we just decided, you know, we would work on that and hold her accountable to that. So when we would meet, we would talk about it. And it was so sweet to see how she genuinely was trying. And she was on our staff for a couple of years. And to be honest with you, when she left, she was very loving and she had really found some good friends, but it really took that, um, just love them first because God told us to. And it's okay if you don't like people, but you have to still love them. Right. All right. So that's a good one. That's the foundational love one another. Yeah. So let's move on to another one another statement. And that okay. is serve one another. And the verse that I chose, there's a lot of them, but uh, that I like is Galatians 5.13. And it says, you, my brothers and sisters, were called to be free, but do not use your freedom to indulge the flesh. Rather, serve one another humbly in love. Now that word comes, that wording is from the Apostle Paul and he's writing to the Galatians and he warns them to not get caught up in their own freedoms. Um, and I think that the servant leadership style is based on the idea that leaders prioritize serving the greater good, that that's the important thing. How can we serve others? And leaders with this style serve their team and their organization first. They don't prioritize their own objectives. Instead, um, servant leaders in like the mops sense, they put the needs of the team and the moms attending the group first. Right. It is the it is the best way, I think, to fight against those things that can creep into your team and destroy it. Things like ego and competition and stubbornness. Mm-hmm. And so serve one another is, I think, the second most important thing that we can adopt as a leadership team. Something that um, that just brought to my mind, I think that leaders struggle with, um, especially I would say I have noticed in the MOPS world, because a lot of women, this is their new thing and they're feeling great about what they're doing. And, you know, it's something that they're like, oh, this is outside of my kids. I am becoming something for myself. And we applaud that and we encourage that and we want that for you. Mm -hmm. But that does not come then with entitlement. And where I have seen leadership teams fall is this like, well, we're the leadership team. So we have privilege or we have, we get to do this because we're leaders. And the groups that I have seen with just so much success and love is because they are committed to serving. So it's not about them on the morning of the day. They're not you know, showcased and paraded around like, well, we're in charge and you have to do what we say. They're out there helping get kids into the the daycare centers. They're out there. Mm -hmm. They're baking the food. They're serving the food. You know, at the end of the meeting, uh, we were the ones picking up the blueberry muffins that have been smushed into the carpet for the church. (laughs) 
you're wanting to serve the mom, you're serving the little kids eating the muffin, but you want to value your relationship with the church and serve them. So you're, you're willing to do those things. Nothing is below you because you're the leader. And I just think having that attitude is so important. Uh, we're getting ready to go to MomCon next week. And so um, our team, our staff team, does not get to uh, walk around in privilege. We are walking around in how can we make sure that these moms that show up to San Diego have the best experience ever, and we're going to serve them well. Mm-hmm. That means we get up before you do. That means that we stay up after you do. And in between, we're making sure, oh, there's no toilet paper left in the bathroom. Okay, you know, we're finding the people to get that done. And we're just doing these little things that make a big difference. And service comes down to the little things. And right. uh, something little can feel so big to the person who's being served. Mm-hmm. I really think it's about forfeiting our own agenda. Yes. And loving again, back to the love one another and loving the people that are in our path, embracing them, no matter where they come from, embracing those that maybe feel a little different from you, embracing um, the person that annoys you. We've talked about that, embracing the troublemaker, whatever it is, um, let go of the idea that lifting up someone else brings us down. Yeah. Because that's not what servant leadership is about. Servant leadership is motivated by love first. And leaders who serve kind of possess this security and confidence in themselves that allows them to serve other people. Jesus was an incredible example of it. You know, in John 13, we have the story where he gets his hands dirty so that he can wash his disciples' feet. It was the lowest chore in the house that day, and he was willing to do it yes, because he loved them and because he was confident enough in who he was that doing that wasn't going to make him any less of a leader. It made him a better one. Right. And I think in, to the world, leadership and servanthood really are in kind of direct opposition. But to Christians, servanthood is essential to leadership. Yeah, I think it's the cornerstone of having a solid leadership team and the buy-in from the people in your community. When they when you show up to a group, you know, you and I have the privilege of speaking at a lot of different groups in per, in person. And I love when I show up to a group and I see women treating each other well, which stems from love and people serving the moms walking in the door. Um, At times, not very often, but over the years, at times I've been to a group where the leadership team is clicky and they're standing in a corner and they're really more concerned about each other. And those groups struggle. And, um, but thankfully so often, the huge majority of the time, I find those leaders so loving and serving. And that to me just really creates a beautiful community. And the moms, they feel it. And it's Mm -hmm. something that they want to be a part of because they're made to feel special and their needs are put first. And so um, super important. Oh, yeah. They want to come back to a group like that. Yes. They want to be part of it. All right. Here's the third one. We've had love, serve. The third one bit of a reality check. It is forgive one another. Ephesians 4.32 says, be kind and compassionate to one another, forgiving each other, just as in Christ, God forgave you. 
Yes. So we talked like, oh, love and serve and it's all beautiful and leadership is just lovely, isn't it? However, um, there will be times when someone says, does, doesn't do something that offends you or could possibly really hurt your feelings. And oftentimes then those lead to damaging of relationships. And even still, then we are still called to forgive one another. Mm-hmm. And I think it's really hard um, because also sort of out in the world is is more of the standard of, well, you messed with me and so I'm going to mess with you. It's sort of this tit for tat thing. Or it's also like, well, just get rid of them. They're They're toxic. Don't even be near them. Now, there's a difference between toxic relationship and people. And that really requires like, in my opinion, therapist and other people that are advising you. And we're talking big time things. So please understand this is not where we're headed in this conversation. We are headed to forgiving someone when they forget to do what you asked them to do. Forgiving someone when they said something snarky or a bit hurtful to you. And the best way for me to go about that is to stop that moment. And if someone really hurt my feelings or did something that I was offended or or it was not a nice thing for them to do, I first of all have worked really hard to not then go tell my next person on my leadership team that you hurt me. Mm-hmm. What? What Kelly just said was so hurtful. I can't believe she said that. And then I tell that to the next person. And then they're like, well, did you hear Kelly told this to Sherry? And and then all of a sudden your whole team is involved in this thing that should only be between the two of you. So handle it biblically by going to that person directly and just having an honest conversation and a reflective instead of making them feel on guard or guilty, say, hey, Kelly, When you said this, my first reaction was, I was really hurt by that. I'm sure you didn't mean it intentionally, but this is how I perceived it. And I'm really struggling with this right now or with you right now. It opens up this conversation that you can have. Mm -hmm. Now, because you handle it maturely or in a healthy way, doesn't mean Mm -hmm. that the other person will. You still have to forgive them. Right. Oh, that's the hard part, right? Right. Like, so I could have done my steps correctly and you could come back and go, well, you know, don't be such a baby, get over it, which then just hurt me even more. But I still have to forgive and move forward. Right. And God calls us to forgive one another. We're not supposed to hold accounts of wrongdoings. Um, if any of you are married, hello, like you can't do that. Um, if you're a parent, Obviously, because you're a mom, you're listening to this, you're a mom leader. You can't do that with your kids. You can't do that with anybody in your life, but especially with those that you lead with. Right. And forgive one another goes both ways. You have to be willing to ask for forgiveness when you have been the one that did something wrong. If someone approaches you, you need to be the one that asks for forgiveness. Even if you disagree or you don't understand why she's upset, that's not the point. Um, You ask for forgiveness and then you move forward and then you have to be willing to grant forgiveness when somebody asks for it. And I know there have been times in my life where I'm like, well, I'm not 
I want to be mad for just a little bit longer. (laughs) So I'm going to sit in this for just a little while. That is not scriptural. (laughs) That is not what Jesus would want us to do. So if someone asks for forgiveness, we need to grant it. And then we figure out how do we move forward in the relationship. You know, you said something. I took it just the one way if someone had, you know, done something to uh, to me, mm-hmm. but also the self-awareness piece that knowing when you have hurt someone else is so critical, especially if you're the leader of leaders. Like if you're in charge, there's to humble yourself and say, you guys, I messed up. I am so sorry. Will you forgive me? Um, and doing that with your kids. I mean, there've been a couple times over the years where I messed up really big and it was so hard to say to them, like, mommy messed up. I am so sorry. Will you forgive me? And kind of the look on their face, like, really, you're saying that? Mm-hmm. And they knew. And they, so they were like, okay, the posture you get back from someone when you admit that you did something wrong is usually a forgiving posture because they know that it's hard for you to, to make that step. So just keeping those two things in your leadership, um, back pocket, I think is super important. When you messed up, please ask for forgiveness and grant forgiveness to those who, who have done that to you as Mm -hmm. well. Well, I think this leads us really well into the next one. Another statement that we want to look at, because how we handle someone who either asks for forgiveness or whom we need to ask forgiveness from um, feeds into this next one, which is honor one another. And Romans 12, 10 says, be devoted to one another in love, honor one another above yourselves. What do you think it means to honor one another? I'm not sure it's a phrase we use a lot anymore. Yeah, it feels very um, almost archaic, right? Like back in the day, or if you read a historical novel, which we both love historical fiction Mm -hmm. and you know, there's this like honor and the Bible says, honor your mother and father. So it feels very like 10 commandment ish, but honoring, I think it's something that, um, has felt a little outdated and I think we should bring it back. I think it's like, should be the cool thing to do and how I honor someone above myself means at the meeting when you let's say you're the coordinator of the meeting and you're talking about like gosh i just want to thank everybody instead of saying isn't this a great thing and calling attention to yourself that you're honoring the people who did the work alongside above your own needing of recognition Mm -hmm. um the team leader who is giving credit to everyone that was part of the um, project instead of just taking that accolade for herself is so important. Um, I've been a part of teams in the past where you had an idea and someone, you know, was able to take that idea, but took all the credit for it. And you're sitting there as they're being honored and you're thinking, hmm, that was a good idea, you know? Yeah. <laughs> um, but I've also been in a meeting where someone gave you so much credit for this, this tiniest little thing. And you felt like, you were really a part of this great thing that happened. And then it makes you want to continue to do great things together when you honor people. Um, I think honoring your, um, your teammates is so important and also honoring the moms, honoring, like starting the meeting on time, honoring, you know, these simple things that shows that you're honoring their time. 
that you are honoring that they showed up for your meeting and you wanted to value that. And so you're not doing silly things that waste people's time. Uh, being prepared, all of those things uh, are honoring to those people that are involved. So taking the details and then showing people that you value them, it's super cool. And I don't think it's outdated or old fashioned. I think we should bring it back into style that we're oh, right. It's, it's all about appreciating what other people bring to the team yeah. and showing respect for what they've done. You mentioned, you know, respecting their time and their abilities and what they've put into it. And I think when people feel honored, when they feel valued, uh, they're going to serve each other well, and they're going to want to continue to serve alongside you. Yes. So honor one another. That's a good one. Yeah. Um, okay. Here's our next one. Okay. It is look to the interests of one another. This is in Philippians 2, 4. It says not looking to your own interests, but each of you to the interests of the others. I think it's a little bit like honor each other. Um, but it's definitely a good attitude for teammates to have. It doesn't mean that you ignore things that matter to you, uh, but it means that you're going to take some time to focus on others. And, you know, if the team is working as it's designed, there's someone else looking out for you. That's what I like about this one. If you're looking to the interests of others, there's somebody else looking out for your interests as well. I think it is a great statement for this togetherness part, like together we can. So the honoring to me is like the broad strokes, the big vision, the look to one another interest to me is taking that and breaking it down even farther. So um, an example to me would be like, what time should we actually have the meeting? Well, if you have someone who's also working full time outside of the home and they're trying to be a volunteer with you as well, like looking out for their interests, asking them like would it work better to do something on your lunch time does it work better to have evening um those types of things looking into the interest like when someone on your team has an allergy being aware of not making foods that you know would break them out not just going mm -hmm. oh i made something else but making it a whole thing of like we don't even do that because this could put her in jeopardy um, so the, the interests to me are very specific, like how mm -hmm. can I look out for your interests? Um, it also requires you to know that person. Right. So if I don't know you well, I don't know what your interests, how I could look out for your interests if I don't even know anything about you. So going back to that, taking the time to get to know the people that you're serving with so that you can best serve their interests well, you can only do that if you start to know them well. Mm -hmm. I think the question you can ask that shows that you're looking out for the interest of other people is to ask the question, what do you need? Yes. What can I help you with today? Um, what can I do that will help you fulfill your role better? Or what can I do to help make this easier or make it better for you? So the question is, what can I do for you today? love that you're so good at that i just want to add like you really are you oftentimes will ask me what can i do to help you accomplish that and who sometimes i'm like do you really want to know because <laughs> kelly but um i appreciate that so much about you you model that really really well well thank you okay the next one we're at number six this is Show hospitality to one another. First Peter 4, 9 says, I love it. You got to listen to the whole verse. It's important to listen to the whole verse. 
1 Peter 4, 9, offer hospitality to one another without grumbling. Okay, so it tells us not only that we're supposed to offer hospitality, but what our attitude is supposed to be like when we do it. I actually love that the word grumbling is in the Bible. Mm -hmm. Because when my kids were little, um, especially if we were going to someone's house, I would tell them, be a blessing, not a burden. And <laughs> no grumbling, you know. Because I bet they loved that. They love that. They still, <laughs> as a matter of still talk about it. They do, because they're young adults now. So they're like... Be a blessing, not a burden. You know, all the things come back to haunt you. Um, but it stuck with them. They're still saying it that. And I think it brings to their mind. Another thing that I think is super important nowadays, when we talked about the, um, the honoring being sort of out of style, I think the word hospitality is confused with the word entertaining. So we tend to be like, oh, they're great at, and you'll say hospitality, when in reality, they might be amazing at entertaining. Like everything looks fantastic. They're a fantastic chef. Same with your mops morning, down to the you know detail of the napkin and everything just being, oh, amazing, which is fun. Mm -hmm. I love stuff like that. I receive that as just love. I think it's amazing. However, if you're missing hospitality, all it is is just then pretty things right. because entertaining is just about putting it all together and being pretty. Hospitality is about how you feel. So if you come to my house, of course, I want to like give you dinner or tea or whatever in my nice dishes and make you feel. But I want more importantly for you to leave my home and go, oh, I can't wait to go back. She made me feel loved. She made me feel seen. She made me feel valued. And that's what all those details can do. Or they can just make you feel like it's stressful almost. If everything has to be so perfect and put together and there's no hospitality involved. Because I've also noticed, I'm on a rant here, Kelly. I've also <laughs> noticed that if we go too much in the entertaining thing, that's when we start to grumble. Mm -hmm. Because we're like, oh, nobody's helping me with all these details. And why isn't this getting done? And so the focus of just entertainment can bring about grumbling, where the focus on the hospitality of it can bring about this beautiful, like, feeling of I feel loved and valued because you are hospitable. That's great. I can't think of a better way to explain it than what you just did. And I think, you know, I, the only thing I have to add is that it's all about your posture. I think you have to check your posture and you have to check your attitude. And then that will allow us to show hospitality, true hospitality to one another. Yes. All right. This is the, this is the last one we're going to look at today. It's our number seven. It is what I think is probably the, hands down the best way to be a great team is Pray for one another. Yes. James 5.16 says, Therefore, confess your sins to each other and pray for each other so that you may be healed. The power of a righteous person is powerful. I'm sorry. The prayer of a righteous person is powerful and effective. Yeah, we want all of us want our prayers to be powerful and effective, right? And um, I've often said to our team and to other teams that I've led over the years, you can't truly have 
misguided feelings for another person if you're praying for them. There's something that just softens your heart when you literally take time to pray for people. And also you know people intimately when you pray for them. If I know your needs um, and I'm praying for them, I, I think that's one of the things I love most about our leadership and global team at MOPS mm-hmm. is that we literally pray for each other every day. We are open with each other that we can, we have this great text thread. We can just text each other and say, oh my gosh, I'm struggling with this. Please pray for me. And I know anytime I put a prayer request out there that you all stop what you're doing and you pray. And then people follow up with each other like, hey, how's that going? And it's so sweet. It just brings you together like nothing else can because Mm -hmm. you've included the Lord in the process. So on behalf of your teammate, you are saying, dear God, please help so-and-so with this. So on your behalf, I'm coming before God Almighty and praying for you. And it softens your heart towards each other. It truly uh, makes for this intimate experience of togetherness. And when you say together we can, I think you can do so many things that you didn't even imagine you could do if you started praying together, like Mm -hmm. genuinely saying prayers. Um, It will knit you together like nothing else can. Right. And I think it has to be a priority. Sometimes it gets pushed to the bottom of your list and you run out of time, you know, so set aside time in your leadership team meetings to pray. Uh, Be really specific about praying for other people on your teams or really bold prayers about what you want to happen in your group. Pray for that together. Commit to pray every day at a certain time uh, for this specific thing. God honors that. And so, and it builds your team because you're all committed to this one thing. So pray really bold prayers instead of just, okay, I'm going to pray that Sherry has a great week. I'm going to say, Sherry, what do you need to happen this week? to make it a great week? What do you need to accomplish this week? And then I can pray really specifically about that. So it's making it a priority, being really intentional about it, and then being willing to pray really bold prayers about what you want to happen in your group, and also about what the people on your team really need for their personal needs, for their spiritual needs. What do they need? And these deep and lasting friendships are created through this bond of prayer. And we started with love one another, and we said that was foundational. And we're going to end with pray for one another, because I think that without that, all of the others probably won't happen. So you really have to spend that time praying for your team about these things. You do. I think you look at it as like this continuum, this circle. So you start with love as your foundation and the cherry on top is the prayer, right? Because if I am loving you well, then I am serving, I'm able to forgive, I'm honoring, I'm worried about the details and your interests, and I can be super hospitable to you. But again, I can't do all of those and without love. And then how do I make it really like realistic is I pray about it. Mm -hmm. And by adding that prayer piece, so love and prayer allows us to do all of the one another statements. And so I hope um, those of you who are listening that if you heard anything today that you would love and that you would pray 
And I think those other statements will just really come together for you. And it's really been our prayer since we had this first discussion, right, Kelly, that we wanted you to know that together you can do so much. Mm -hmm. Leadership should not be lonely. Leadership is not a one-man show. Leadership is a team effort. And together we're going to be able to show the world that that is truth. And uh, because of our love for Jesus and how he loved us, we can love one another well, and I'm super excited about this year. I am too. Um, I want to share just one more. I know I said we were only doing seven, but I wanted to share <laughs> just one more one another statement that has really stuck with me um, since we started talking about this over the last couple of months. And then I'm going to come back to you and see if there's one last thing you want to share with us and then ask you if you will wrap us up by praying for us. Um, but here's here's my final thing. Um one more one another statement, and that is First Thessalonians 5.11 that says, therefore, encourage one another and build each other up just as, in fact, you are doing. I think that we need to be women who are focused on consistently building each other up, whether it's through simple words of encouragement, whether it's living well in our community, whether it's having hard conversations, whether it's forgiving or serving, whatever it is. And as I've been thinking about what it looks like, I think it looks like this. Together, we can help each other with the things that trip us up. We can draw strength from each other's faith. We can advocate for moms and for leaders. We can build unified relationships in our homes and in our workplace and churches. We can create community that battles loneliness, that draws women in, and that introduces women to Jesus. Those are the things that we can and should be doing. And so my challenge to every person on your leadership team is to write out 1 Thessalonians 5.11 and then list how you can do that for each person on the team this week. Just start with this week. What can I do right now that's going to build them up? Ask yourselves, how can I go over the top this year when it comes to building up those around me? Because if it becomes the culture of your team, it will also become the culture of your group. So that's my challenge for you is 1 Thessalonians 5.11. Embrace it, pray about it, make a list, and then go over the top this year. So Sherry, what is, do you have one last thing you'd like to share with us before you pray? I don't think I can say anything to add to that. That was so beautiful. And um yeah, I, I think just to re, to remind everybody that you're not alone. Like MOPS really takes seriously our investment in you as a woman, as a mom, and as a leader. And that is the exciting thing to me is that each one of those things can be strengthened um, by your connection. And we we tirelessly, you know, how often do we talk like, is this going to resonate? Is this going to help? Is this going to serve our leader audience? And so you have our, our word that we are praying for you, that it is our desire to serve you. It is our desire to love on you well, um, so that your time spent with MOPS is something that will uh, forever move you forward in your life, not just in your MOPS group, but in your life in the big picture. And most importantly, uh, grow you in your relationship with the Lord. So um, what a great conversation. Thank you so much. Well, thank you. Would you yeah. pray for us? I would love to. Good.
Well, Heavenly Father, I just thank you for uh, today and for this conversation. I have no idea um, for the people listening when they're actually listening to it. It could be next week. It could be a year from now. But I just pray that there is something uh, that each person can take away, that they will know that you see them, that you wanted them to hear it at that particular time. And God, I just pray that they will be um, excited to know that you did uh, design them so beautifully and you designed them for community. And Lord, I just pray that this year that uh, the leaders listening to this will just take this message to heart of the challenge that you have given each of us to love one another well. And God, I just pray that there will be prayer sent up to you from all around the world where these women, these leaders will be praying for one another. And so, God, we just thank you for your loving hand and your guidance at MOPS International and for all the local groups that meet throughout the world, Lord. I just pray a special blessing upon them as they begin this new year. I pray for unity. I pray for this togetherness that they first will be together with you and then together with one another to create communities around the world where people can hear about you, can come to know you personally. And Lord, I just pray for each of these leadership teams and each individual leader uh, that they will strengthen their relationship and that they will walk away with friendships that last into eternity. Thank you, God, for this time and uh, for loving us so well. It's in your name, Jesus, that we pray. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Sherry. Thanks, Kel. Leaders, we are declaring it the year of friendship, courage, and purpose. Friendships where we aggressively believe in each other, pray for each other, and believe the other deserves the world. That is what we do at MOPS. And if you're ready for a community like this, then you belong here. We believe that together we can create community that battles loneliness, draws women in, and introduces them to Jesus. And leader, we're going to be here cheering you on because what you can't do alone, we can and will do together.